0: It's either viewed as the enemy of modernism and a reaction against it, or just, you know, one part, the latest stage of modernism, because it realizes how, mo- how bankrupt modernism is, and it shouts it from the rooftops. Um, whatever the case, we'll, we'll just call it uh, a reaction against modernism, uh, but but modernism failed to find absolute truth and to solve man's problems, and so now postmodernism has given up in the attempt to find absolute truth. So it rejects absolute truth. It says to forget looking for absolute truth. We've been looking for, for hundreds of years. The greatest minds we haven't found it. There is no absolute truth. Okay, and they've given up on trying to solve uh, man's uh, problems through reason alone. So, postmodernism rejects absolute truth and human reason's ability to find truth and human reason's ability to solve our problems. So, so basically, they've given up on truth and reason. Reason, by the way, just means right thinking, okay? Postmodern views, I'll just give you a list of some of their views of uh, postmodernism. It denies absolute truth. The way they put it is, they say there's no meta-narrative that needs some explanation. Let let me say this. When pre-modernism was at its highest point, and modern science was founded, if you really wanted to get uh, a graduate-level degree that was the most respected, can anybody guess what field it would be in? No, that's modernism. Who said theology? There's a man after my own heart. Okay, uh, theology. I mean, I mean, look at the guys who are you know leaning in into it. You know, the uh, the Augustans, uh, the uh, Aquinas' and all. And 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 uh, as we moved in pre-modern times, closer and closer to the founding of modern science. Theology was the number one field. But once we threw revelation out the window and said all we need is human reason, then what became, uh, there, actually there are two of them, two fields what's that? Evolution. But, 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 but the, even before evolution came on the scene, it was the, the leading branch of knowledge, the two leading branches of knowledge. Evolutions. I've heard it from somebody, philosophy and science. Because it's human reason is in so? We don't need revelation from God, we thought. So all of a sudden philosophy and science. And there's still some dinosaurs who are modernists that still act like this is the big thing. But what happens when you throw reason out the window and you give up on it, then all of a sudden science is just a power thing. Just trying to control nature and people are part of nature, so you're trying to control people. And philosophy is the search for truth. Well, there is no truth. So now all of a sudden they're talking about narratives. They're talking about uh, stories, telling stories, literature. And in postmodern times, you want to get a PhD degree and really be respected, get it in literature. Um, but whatever the case, so they talk about narratives, they don't talk about truth, so they reject absolute truth. They say that there's no meta-narrative, no story that is above all communities, okay? Uh, And so truth is relative to one's community or social group. Each community has their own narrative but their narrative, they can't say my narrative is true and your community's narrative is false, okay? So each community has their own story. We have the gospel story, okay? Um, uh, homosexuals have their own story, okay? Um, you know, the list, the list goes on and on of, of different politically correct goods, po- uh, po- politically correct, um uh, groups that hold different... What about the law of non contradiction? Uh, the law, and we'll talk about that a little, a little bit later, but, uh, The law of non-contradiction means A cannot equal non-A in the same way and at the same time. I cannot be human and non-human at the same time in the same way. Okay? Um, I've talked to several postmodernist professors, one of them who teaches at Olympic College in Bremerton, and it's his thesis that Christianity led to the Holocaust. If we want to prevent another Holocaust, we've got to get rid of Christians. I showed several uh, historical blunders that he made in his work. And uh, he calls himself a moral relativist, but over and over again he calls Hitler wrong. I said, you're you living on borrowed capital from the Christian worldview. You have no basis to call anything wrong. That's a contradiction. I said, I could call Hitler wrong, because in Christianity there is such thing as right and wrong. You say there's no such thing as right and wrong, but you call Hitler wrong. I, I said, it's a contradiction. He looked at me and said, yeah but I can live with it. He had a big smile on his face, so hey, this is what we're dealing with uh it's 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 tough when people won't how can you reason with people who don't believe in reason okay uh but but it gets ugly These people sound so j- so gentle'cause they talk about toleration all the time. I'm telling you uh, if toleration is what they say it is. I don't want the I don't want their brand of toleration cause I'll I'll tell you you want to talk about reviving the Holocaust on a worldwide scale Postmodernism merging with the new age movement could do it big time big time and you know need we forget our we we can't forget our Christian brothers and sisters are 160,000 that have been martyred for the faith each year for the last three or four years around the world mostly in, in Islamic And communist countries, now that's, they're modernistic in their thought, closer to modernism than than postmodernism. But um, when neo paganism comes, but by the way, the closest thing to a new age society was Adolf Hitler's Nazi Germany. When you review where they got their views from the Thule Society, from the Theosophical Cult, they believed that Jesus was the ultimate Aryan male, that he was not Jewish. That uh, mankind was evolving, both not just physically but spiritually, and the ultimate Aryan male was going to come out of it, but all non-Aryans were subhumans and had to be eliminated. Uh, See, pantheism is the belief that God is the universe, and there are this-worldly pantheisms and other-worldly pantheisms. Uh, This-worldly pantheism puts the emphasis on future reincarnations. Okay, so in India. If you're suffering, okay, and you're working off your bad karma, if I help alleviate your suffering, now I'm forcing you, I'm slowing down your escape, eventual escape from reincarnation. So you get nothing but neglect in the otherworldly pantheism. But when the German and Aryan race was viewed as divine and all others as subhuman, um and the emphasis is on the spiritual evolution of man in this world like it was in Nazi Germany then you get genocide, then you get the slaughtering of millions and possibly billions um, Lewis predicted it in the 1940's he called it the abolition of man Schaefer talked about it in the 1970's he called it the death of man but uh, the new age movement is a this-worldly pantheism and that's why new age thinkers like Barbara Marx Hubbard are calling for the extermination of one fourth of the uh, world's population because we will not accept that we are gods. And if we reject that we are God, it slows down the spiritual evolution of mankind. And they view, you know, they say, they say, well, you Christians only believe that we're created in God's image. We believe that man is God. We have a higher view of man. Well, no, they view man like collectively as God. It's kind of like a tree. What do you do when a tree's got dead branches? You cut them off to help the whole tree so what do you do if if christians and traditional muslims and traditional jews are holding back the spiritual evolution of mankind you cut them off and, and postmodernism and new age i think the new age movement is the only thing new age type thinking neo paganism is the only thing to salvage postmodern and they're very close in in their thought in a lot of areas um whatever the case postmodernist views deny absolute truth no meta narrative Truth is relative to one's community or social group. Uh, by the way, with modernism, the emphasis was on the rational individual, the unbiased rational individual. Well, we found out that everybody has their biases, including Rene Descartes. Okay, so the postmodernist has given us this look, Fernandez is in, in, an unbiased, rational individual. He's influenced by his culture, by the people that are around him, by his, his upbringing and all. So postmodernism believes that you really can't think apart from the community you find yourself in, which is kind of weird because how do you explain conversions from one community to another? You know, when C.S. Lewis left the world and joined the, the kingdom of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, how do you explain that in postmodernist terms? You can't. Uh, but anyway, so they reject absolute truth. They reject reason and focus on meaning. They talk about, you know, finding meaning in life. So an argument like the absurdity of life without God would probably hit harder with them than a rational argument for uh, the, the, the co- God as the cause of the universe. They focus on meaning, feelings, and will. By the way, if we have a president, just given a hypothetical situation, if we have a president who's postmodern, and chooses his views by his feelings, his emotions, his will, and not by his reason. Then what would he do when people disagree with him and attack his views? Well, well what he does is he has to. Yeah, we well, have that's that's also a, another ploy, and, and 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 it's actually another it's another postmodern move, by the way, with their view of language. Uh, but basically, since he got his views. Through his emotions and his will, uh, he basically instead of entering into a rational dialogue, he attacks those who attacks his views. There, there's nothing left. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, the focus in postmodernism is on the community, not on individual uh, not an individual. so it's it's not individual relativist, okay? It's not like truth is relative to each individual. What's true for you, true for you, it doesn't have to be true for me, and vice versa. Truth is relative to each community, okay? So a community shares their views, and that's true for them, but it's not true for another community. So we can know truth as viewed by our community. We cannot know truth as it is, and lo and behold, they don't even believe there is such a thing as truth as it is. Um... The focus is on mystery, beauty, and narratives telling stories. Now we got a lot of Christians who are moving too far into the postmodern camp. I talked about that already, but whenever they try to convince me my views are wrong, I let them go for twenty or thirty minutes, and I say, "Oh, oh, oh. all I'm hearing is rational modernistic arguments. I've yet to hear any stories." So, postmodernists, whether they claim to be Christians or non-Christians, if their views were correct, all they could do is tell stories. Once they reason with you, they're acting like the modernists that they loathe. Okay? And so, how do you defend something with a story? I mean, it's like, this is, yeah. it's, it's like you, you look at it you say, these guys must have thrown their brains out the window. Yeah, and they're proud of it. <laughs> and... and it, yeah? Can't you look at the Bible Oh, the yeah. they I, and, I, and, and believe me, it's like when I spoke to Canvas Crusade for Christ. God bless Bill Bright and what he's done through the Four Spiritual Laws. And that really worked with a lot of modernists on campus. But now there's not too many modernists on campus, except in a few fields. Um, so what I told uh, the Campus Crusade of Christ, I gave a talk to about 200 leaders is, well, we have managed to take the most beautiful story ever told and we have turned it into incredi- some incredibly boring propositions. I'm not saying those propositions are false And they don't have a purpose But what I'm saying is We need to bring back The beauty of the gospel message But what I am saying though And hopefully I'll be able to To, to close with that if I have time But what I'm saying is We need we may need to change our method But we must never change the message People like Stanley Grenz Are in the process of changing the message Okay Now let me say this I think we have changed the message a little bit when we make, whenever we make the gospel message boring, okay? Um, then we're also changing the message and favoring the modernist side. But if we act like Christianity is a story, but it's not the meta narrative, it's not the true story for all communities, for all people at all times in all places, then we're changing the message and we're favoring postmodernism. Okay? Um let me see. Okay, so they focus on mystery, beauty, narratives. Yet you know, ten years ago you want to start a church and have people come young people come running to it, start it in a gymnasium. Now you gotta get an old church building with stained glass windows. Ten years ago they'd never walk into that. But now all of a sudden they're into the beauty. Now some some evangelical churches I bring him back like incense and stuff because there's just the mystery that involves... See, the thing is, too, is sometimes we act like there's no mystery to God. Okay? That's the way Descartes was. If you got your God all figured out, he's not the God of the Bible. Now, when Schaefer claims Aquinas was like that, no. Aquinas said there's some things you can only know through faith and God's supernatural revelation. In other words, he was saying there's a whole lot of mystery to God that, you know, we're going to learn more and more out about God throughout all eternity, and we'll never have them fully figured out. Uh, they deny absolute morality, okay? Uh, there's a, so what's right for you, what's well, right for your community is right for your community, but it doesn't have to be right for my community, and vice versa, that type of thing. There's a heavy emphasis on tolerance, okay? Got to tolerate all views. Christianity is so intolerant because they say salvation is only through Jesus. So they redefine tolerance. They reject dichotomous thinking. Dichotomous thinking is when you you break things down into two separate categories. They reject that. To say either or, either this is true or that is true. They say, no, no, why can't they all be equally true? So the category of truth and falsehood, they reject that. The category of right and wrong, okay? Uh, They reduce all authority to power. Authority, J.P. Moreland said this in a a talk he gave in Bellevue. Professor J.P. Moreland, one of the brightest Christian thinkers out there today. Authority is the right. It has to be earned. It is the right to be obeyed or believed. Okay? Well, they reject, they reduce all authority to power. Power is not the right to be heard or the right to be obeyed or believed. Power is the ability to make others obey you or believe you even if you don't have the right okay means you've got a bigger baseball bat than anybody else has got and you force your views down everybody else's throat Um, they talk about power narratives power stories instead of rational arguments if you can get people to cry you win the debate it's irrelevant how irrational your arguments are just look at the presidential debates man if you do not master the sound bite The 30-second soundbite, you lose the debate. Okay? Uh, So you've got to tell stories. Uh, And then uh, they believe that we create our own reality through language. So language doesn't represent truth. Language is a power game, something that we use to gain power over others. They're into something called deconstruction. When they read something or they hear somebody speaking, they replace the author or the speaker's meaning with a meaning from their own community. So this has led to things like black Christology where uh, some uh, black liberal theologians who are postmodern have tried to turn Jesus into a black man whose sole goal was to to find racial equality for the black man. Uh, Liberation theology. Jesus was the greatest Marxist revolutionary who ever lived. Um, Gay theology. They they interpret the Bible. It's irrelevant what the Bible really means. It means to your community what your community wants it to mean. It's a big, big language game. And then uh, political correctness uh, is a direct result of postmodernism. It cannot tolerate any non-postmodernist, okay? Let me just run through a quick refutation uh, of postmodernism. N- number one, this is the biggest point, it's self-refuting. It refutes itself. Think about the statement, there is no absolute truth. Well, if that statement is, is true, it's an, it's an absolute truth. So it can't be true, it has to be false, okay? So everybody understand? If you don't understand that, bring this home with you and read over it. There is no absolute truth. The only way that could be true is if there is absolute truth. So it's got to be false. Um, they, get, they get in Christian's face because they, they, they may not come right out and say it, but they believe that it's wrong to call any action wrong because there's no such thing as wrong. That's self-refuting. If there's no such thing as right and wrong, Then me calling the actions of a homosexual wrong or sin, there's nothing wrong with that. But they tell us it is wrong. It's intolerant. Um, Number three, three, they reject moral absolutes while creating new moral absolutes. You find out about them when, you know, I went to my last debate, Bellevue Community College. The biggest thing is 75% of the audience turned on me almost immediately. I thought, man, what's going on here? It because I was calling God a he. Okay? So, I mean, they've got their own absolutes. They claim they don't. But we've gone from God's absolutes in Western culture in America to no absolutes, was right for you, is right for you, it doesn't have to be right for me, and vice versa, to now all of a sudden the new absolutes, Isaiah 5.20, when uh, uh, Israel and Judah were reaching their final days and God was ready to judge them, uh, God says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And that's now it's it's not no such thing as good and evil in reality, whether they admit it or not, they have their own new absolutes, and each and every one of them is as anti-Christian as you can possibly get. Uh, If language doesn't touch reality, then their language doesn't touch reality. If language is nothing but power games, people trying to enslave others, then they're trying to enslave others, too. Okay? Number five, why it's uh, self-refuting, if every community has their own narrative, and there is no meta-narrative, no narrative that is true for all communities at all times and all places, then even the postmodernists cannot escape their own community's narrative to rise above it and critique the narrative of another community. See what I'm saying? It's not necessarily people in Siberia, people who have shared... Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it might be people sharing the same belief in the same, like a local church or something. But for the most part, it's like, uh, you know, the gay rights movement. People, well, that's a community. Even if this guy, proponent of that movement, and another pr- proponent of the movement that lives on opposite ends of the country and never met each other. So that's exactly right. A very good point for purposes of the cassettes, I'll repeat it. The gentleman asked me to to basically let everybody know that a community is not necessarily defined by people who are geographically together, but they share the same type of viewpoint, which would be called a narrative, okay? Um, Okay, um... Okay, well, uh, number six, while condemning the meta narrative, postmodernism has become a meta narrative. They say there is no meta narrative, and anybody who claims there is is trying to force his narrative down everybody else's throat. What in the world are they doing? Okay? So postmodernism is becoming a meta narrative. Uh, Number seven, contradiction, they divide all people into two groups. Those who accept dichotomies like truth and falsehood, right and wrong, and those who don't. Now, the thing is, they don't accept dichotomies. However, that makes them dichotomous because they divide all people into two groups. So, uh, uh, J.P. Moreland uh, pointed that out in a talk in uh, Bellevue. Uh, Another point, they failed to give us any reason to be postmodern. Now they might say, no, I gave you several reasons. Well, then you're a modernist.
1: Because reason
0: doesn't matter anymore. Okay? Um, point C, while proclaiming tolerance, they cannot tolerate any non-postmodernist. Okay? Again, Fran- uh, J.P. Moreland pointed this out. Once reason is abandoned, all that's left is shouting. And that's why, you know, you, you criticize the president, probably our 1st postmodern president. You criticize him, and all of a sudden, uh, they start finding dirt on you. Okay? He's not into rational debates. Uh, when re- once reason is abandoned, all that's left is shouting. Uh, post-modernism is a vehicle. This is again from J.P. Warren. He said it beautifully. I changed a few of the words. Uh, but postmodernism is a vehicle for angry people who hate tradition to attain positions of power to overturn tradition. The radical uh, feminists, the uh, radical gay rights uh, lobby, the uh, uh, just all these politically correct radical groups. Now I want to close with this: the Christian response to postmodernism. The sad thing is, is that refutation of it. Is a rational refutation of it. Now, now, when I was talking to the University of Washington, to philosophy students who are postmodernists, one of the postmodernists says, Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying that if the law of non contradiction does not hold, if the laws of logic do not hold, that I can't even communicate in a sensible way. And I told him, Well, that's true, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if the laws of logic don't hold, you can't even think. In, in 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 any coherent way, okay so, so 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 what I'm saying is the the rep because we have to live in God's creation and He created us as rational beings, the reputation holds whether they like it or not, okay how could how could they say your reputation is false if they don't if they don't accept falsehood? okay? Still wrap this up and and uh, we we'll could talk right after it. The last page here. Modernism believes all truth found through reason alone, no need for revelation from God, focuses on the uh, autonomous individual, focuses on rational principles. Okay. Postmodernism denies absolute truth, focuses on meaning, feelings, the will, focuses on community, beauty, mystery. Uh, Jesus in John 4 verse 24 told a Samaritan woman that God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. The Buddhist may worship in spirit from the depths of his being, but he doesn't worship in truth. He's got a false god. Uh, um, Someone who believes Christianity in their mind but hasn't really committed their hearts to the Lord may have the truth, but they don't worship God in spirit. Okay? We need both. Now, in the Greek New Testament, the Greek language being what it is, the Greek mindset being what it is, The gospel message was presented by people like the Apostle Paul in spirit and truth, but the emphasis was on truth, propositional truth, statements of truth. And it it didn't reject the spirit, the will, the emotions uh, like modernism did, but it is a bridge to modernism with the emphasis on truth and rational principles. Whereas the Hebrew Old Testament, which didn't throw out truth, the emphasis was on spirit. That's why so much of the Old Testament was written in poetry form. And there's much more narratives, much more historical stories in the Old Testament than you find in the New Testament. Though you do find narratives in the New Testament as well. What I'm getting at is when you deal with a modernist... oh. We don't throw spirit out the window, but we emphasize truth. We emphasize the rational, explanatory power of the gospel, the Christian worldview, and we appeal primarily to the mind. But when we deal with the postmodernists, we need to take on the Hebrew mindset and emphasize the beauty of the redemption story and appeal to the heart, the emotions, and the will. In closing, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, and the gospel is the faith once for all delivered to the saints, we may need to change our method when dealing with postmodernists, okay? Show them the beauty of the gospel message if they won't accept the, the, the rational power of the gospel message. We may need to change our method, but we can never change the message. John 3.16 is as true to a postmodernist as it is to a modernist and a pre-modernist. There is salvation in no one else other than the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who manifested himself and became a man, God the second person of the Trinity, became a man, the Lord Jesus, and died on the cross for our sins. We can't change the gospel message. The gospel message remains the same, but we may have to change our methods. Now, I I think somebody's going to have to come in here and teach, so we may have to clear out of the room, but be more than willing to dialogue with anybody who wants to outside in the hall. We restocked up our books. If you didn't get a free book, take one. If you want to take one for a friend, and there's more cassettes over there as well. So grab them on the way out. God bless you. Thanks for your patience. That concludes this program. 5718 or on our website, mobiletape.com.